Amen. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, worship team. You guys are incredible. Give it up for this worship team here. All right. Well, good morning again, everybody. Glad you guys are here. My name is Mitchell, and I'm lead pastor, and just thankful you guys joined us on Sunday. Before we get into the message, we got to take some time to honor our moms in the house, all right? You guys got a little bit more celebration, honor, shouting, and honoring in you, yes? All right, so here's the deal. Moms, will you please stand to your feet? We want to honor you right now. Can we please give it up for these incredible moms? Go ahead, Lindsay. Come on. We got a gift for you, moms. A simple way to say thank you. We have a gift for you. Come on, keep going. None of you would be here without your mom. We love you, moms. Keep going. They're worthy of it. Come on. Woo! Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing just for a minute. All right. All right. All right. One, one more time. Here's what I want us to do. Everybody else that's not a mom, we're going to give these moms a standing ovation. All right. So moms, you sit. Everybody else, standing ovation for the moms in this house. Woo! Woo! We love you. We love you. <laughs> yes. We love you, moms. You are amazing. Thank you. All right, y'all can grab a seat. Wow, you deserve that, moms, and for like 16 more hours. Let me just say, I wrote down a few statements here. I just want to thank you, moms, for all that you do. Thank you so much for your continuous hard work. Thank you, moms, for your consistency. Thank you for your love and your compassion and your care that exudes from you. Thank you for your late nights and your early mornings, in your middle of the nights, and any time of the day, actually, that you're needed. Thank you so much. Thank you for all the diapers that you have changed, even the ones that, you know, slip out the back. Thank you so much for all of your, if you're not a mom, you, you'll get there. I mean, you'll just understand if you're not a parent. Thank you so much for all the sacrifice, for just embracing a lifestyle where you put others above yourself. Thank you so much. We see you, and we honor you this morning, rightly so. We love you, moms. Give it up for the moms one more time. Come on. <laughs> Lord, I, I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for every mom in this room this morning. I just ask that they would receive and feel the honor and the value that they deserve. Thank you so much, Lord. We would not be here without the strength of the mothers in this room Thank you, Lord. Every single mom here has an incredible journey, incredible story, but it is, it is marked with sacrifice, and we are so thankful. Lord, this, this day, uh, thank you that we have this day, but Lord, really, this day should happen every day. Lord, we honor the moms in the house. So thank you, Lord. Bless them today. I pray they would feel filled up and encouraged and strengthened in their soul today, and they would just feel your love, Father. They would feel your Father heart, your proud heart over them today that you are proud of the ways that they have labored and the ways they have served. So thank you for every mom. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Well, we love you, moms. Hope you feel honored today. All right, well, hey, if you've got a Bible with you, go ahead and turn to 1 Peter. We are going to continue in this series that we've titled Living for Eternity. And in short, here's a simple summary. We've been talking about how we want to 
set our minds on eternity. And a couple other ways to say that is what I'm wanting is for eternity to be real to us. For the fact that this world, though it is, um, it feels so real, what I'm hoping for is that eternity feels even more real to us. The world that we live in and the life that we experience on this earth is like this small <laughs> compared to the reality of eternity. Now, what we do with this much, our life here on earth actually matters and impacts our eternity, but we don't want to live as if this is all that there is. If we get 70, 80, 90, 100 years on the earth, we want it to count and matter for eternity. And we've been going through First and Second Peter because this, uh, these two books are filled with this theme and this kind of underlying motivation of learning to live in light of eternity. When we have eternity on our mind, when that is real to us, it will affect the way that we think, the way that we speak, the way that we act, the way that we live when we embrace the reality of eternity. So we've been diving into First and Second Peter. And today, in light of Mother's Day, I've decided to speak on a pretty relevant topic that's found in First Peter suffering. This morning we're talking about suffering. Everybody say suffering. Now listen, listen moms, listen. I know there's such joy, there's such delight in motherhood. Yes, you've smiled and you've laughed with your children. Is that true? But listen, you know that also being a mom requires some suffering and some sacrifice. Now, for all you non-moms out there, which I know is most of you in this room, I want you to stick with me because I need you to know how much moms have had to go through in order to become a mom, okay? And I want you to see and feel really the fact that they have, they have really suffered and they have sacrificed for us. I want you to think about this, all right? Nine whole months of carrying around a lot of extra weight. Most of us complain about nine seconds of carrying something heavy, okay? <laughs> nine months of carrying around a lot of extra weight. Also, let alone the body changing, the back aches, the leg cramps, the constant tiredness, Yes, moms that are pregnant or have ever been pregnant, you know what I'm saying? All right, great. And also the anticipation as, as it gets closer and closer to the due date of having a baby, it can pr produce some stress or anxiety. You just never know when that baby's coming. Now, I, as, as a husband and as a dad of four children, I've learned when the baby's not coming. So, for example, like when your wife says, hey, it might be time. And she takes a little bit of time to get dressed and get ready and kind of look a little bit cute. And you go to the hospital, and then you're walking in, and she says, let's, let's pause. Can you take a picture of me, Hubbards? And she holds the, you know, the little pregnant, and then you walk in. The baby's not coming that day. Um, <laughs> may have happened once or twice to a friend of mine. <laughs> when the baby's coming, there's no time for pictures, and you do not have time to dress up and look cute, all right? You are just, boom, getting in there, and you're... Anyways, you're ready for that baby to come out. But let alone all those things that happened for nine months, let me just explain a little bit without too much detail the climax of this whole thing, okay? Labor. Gosh, it's intense, okay? It is suffering at its finest right before your eyes, all right? Now, listen, it's not just intense for the moms going through it. It could even be kind of intense for those watching. I heard I know of a guy that passed out in the first uh, child that his wife had. It's crazy. painful it's long it can be scary sometimes it's intense what moms have to go through and it is definitely a form of suffering but don't miss this here's the beauty of even just this example analogy of labor and pregnancy and bringing a child into the world here's the beauty a mom endures 
all that suffering with joy because of the reward on the other side. A beautiful newborn baby. The miracle of just new life into the earth. It's a really amazing moment when after the mom goes through all that and the baby comes out and they hold the baby in their arms. It's just, it's amazing. It's almost in a moment. They forget all that they went through, all the suffering that they went to when they're holding this precious baby in their arms, this reward in a sense of their suffering. Now let me connect some dots for a second. The reality of what mom's going to go through to bring children into the world is actually very helpful for us in learning as the people of God how to think about, how to process, how to respond to, and how to endure suffering in this world. Because here's what happens. The joy of that moment of seeing the reward on the other side for this mom, the joy of that moment completely and overwhelmingly overtakes the suffering that they just went through. Now, they might remember it if they take time to think back, but the joy of that moment wins. The reward of that moment wins. Now, for us, as believers and followers of Jesus, on this earth, we will walk through suffering. In fact, Jesus promised it multiple times. But for us, there is a reward on the other side of our suffering. Do you know that there is coming a day where there will be no more pain? There will be no more disappointment. There will be no more heartache. There will be no more trauma. There will be no more disappointment, backstabbing. There will be no more stress. There will be no, me, no more worry, depression, anxiety. There is coming a day where there will be no more suffering. And the glory of that day will completely and overwhelmingly overtake the suffering that we experience in this life. Romans 8.18 says it this way. It says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time, our time here on earth, are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. When we have our minds set on the reality of that day coming, and when it actually becomes real to us, then what it allows us to do is to walk through and endure suffering on this earth a lot better and a lot more well. And that's what I want to pray for this morning. All of us have experienced different forms of suffering. Some of you have, but you may not even phrase it as suffering. But there's struggles, there's stresses, there's things that are just difficult. But there is coming a day when all those things will be lifted. Anybody looking forward to that day besides me? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that day. And when we have our eyes set on that day, what it allows us to do is to walk through this life and respond well and endure well suffering. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning as we look at 1 Peter. You can go to chapter 4. The scriptures will be on the screen behind me, but let me just pray for us. I want to pray that God would help us receive this message this morning, that there be something that just clicks and that lands in our hearts and that helps us think about and respond to suffering. So Lord, I just thank you for the reality of heaven, reality of eternity. There is coming a day, Lord, when all suffering will cease. And we long for that day. We look forward to that day. But until that day, God, I ask for grace over every one of our hearts to learn here as the people of God how to suffer well, how to walk through hardship, how to walk through trial, how to wait longer than we anticipated to wait, how to have things not work out according to our plans. Father, I ask that you would teach us as the people of God how to respond and how to suffer well. We need your help, and we ask you to speak to us through your word in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. Amen. All right, you guys ready to learn a little bit about this? Here we go. Let's dive into it. So 1 Peter 4, you guys there? 
So we're going to look at uh, a couple different verses, and we're going to also jump to chapter 5. Um, but let me, let me start by reading through some of these verses. So look at 1 Peter 4. We're going to start in verse 12. Verse 12. And I want to, I'm going to read it kind of slow because I do want it to kind of sink in a little bit because there's some, there's some really great insight about suffering here. Verse 12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Let me jump down to verse 15. But let none, none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Now let me pause. Okay, that's, that's helpful. Let's not do those things. <laughs> Got it? Let's move on. Here we go. Verse 19 says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will... Let them entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. We can trust our souls, our lives, our very being to a faithful God while we continue to do good. Let's keep going. Chapter 5, verse 8 through 11. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing don't miss this. It says, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So what we'll do this morning is through those passages I just read, we're going to pull out five key truths about suffering or things to know. But before I do that, let me just comment on something, and then we'll dive into some of these verses. The teaching of suffering really is mentioned all over Scripture. It's all over the Word of God. And we as believers need to have clear-mindedness about suffering, especially in light of some trending teachings or mindsets or paradigms uh, that kind of go against the grain or are not compatible with an idea that we might suffer on the earth. Let me give you an example. You ready? The American dream is not very compatible with the biblical teaching of suffering. We live in America, and I'm thankful to live here, but the dream, so to speak, of if I work hard enough, I will have ever-increasing comfort and ease in possessions in my life, that mindset actually is not compatible with the idea of suffering. You guys tracking with me? <laughs> now, we don't want to overextend the teaching of suffering and just think like, oh my gosh, it's just horrible, oh my goodness, just down all the time, because th that could lead to depression, because the Bible also teaches that we can experience and expect blessings from God as we follow him. Amen? Anybody, anybody still down to receive blessings from the Lord as well? Okay, it's just that we need to remember that the fullness of God's blessings will not be experienced here on this earth. The fullness of his blessings and his favor and his goodness to us will be more so experienced in eternity. We will be able to taste and see of it on this earth, but it's not the full package, just a little deposit, just a little, little download. But the full experience of God's blessing of life forever and free from all form of pain, tears, suffering, that's going to be experienced in eternity. And we need to make sure that we have this mindset, and it's clear for us so that we can endure suffering well. On this earth, we will experience suffering, and when we have our mindset on eternity, we are much better prepared to respond to suffering in the right way. And not blaming God 
and pointing the finger at him when things don't go well. But we run, we learn to run to him for comfort and healing and thanking him that there's coming a day where all this suffering will be taken away. That's what we want to know him. So as we look at these passages, there's five key things that I want to pull up. And then there's a slide that I have to just, you can take a picture of it. And I'm going to kind of break down some of these five things, five key things that I think we need to know about suffering that will help us respond well. And I've taken it from each of these verses in um, in 1 Peter 4 and chapter 5. So you can put that slide up here. Those are five things. So here's five things we need to know about suffering. One is we shouldn't be surprised. Number two is you are sharing in Christ's sufferings. Number three, when he, Jesus, when he, ref- when he comes, you will rejoice in light of the suffering you've walked through. Number four, you are not alone in your suffering. And number five, it is only, quote unquote, a little while, according to scripture. So let's break those down. Here we go. First one, you shouldn't be surprised. When you experience hardship, when you experience trial, when you experience some form of suffering, you should not be surprised. Once you look at your neighbor and say, don't be surprised. Okay, now let me give a comment on this. You don't have to continuously fret and worry and be anxious about when is it coming, but when trials and when hardships come in this life, the Bible teaches us in 1 Peter 4.12, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised when these things happen. As I mentioned earlier, it's really important for us to make sure we have a, a mindset and a worldview and a paradigm within us that we know that on this earth I can experience and I can expect some suffering, but there is coming a day where that will end. But on this earth, it'll help us not blame God for hard things happening. And let me also say it this way. It'll help us not over rebuke the devil just because something hard happened. <laughs> let me explain that a little bit. It's like just because something didn't go your way doesn't mean that the onslaught and all the legions of hell are coming against you. It means that you're not in eternity yet. It means that heaven hasn't come yet. It means that you live on in a broken world that's not yet fully redeemed from sin. On the cross and through the resurrection, Jesus fully resolved the issue of your sin. Isn't that amazing? But there is, he's not just in it for the individuals he wants to reconcile and redeem. He wants to restore the whole earth. That's why he's coming back. He's to rescue us, but he's also going to restore and make all things new. But until that day, as we've been waiting for a few hundred and thousands of years, until that day we can experience that there's going to be some things that are hard and difficult on the earth. Let's look at number two here. You are sharing in Christ's suffering. Got that from verse 13. It says, rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering. So going through suffering is a unique opportunity to experience, I would say, greater intimacy or closeness or nearness with Jesus. Because I think most of us would acknowledge this. We believe and we know that Jesus understands everything that we go through. He knows all of our thoughts, all of our feelings. But when we suffer, we actually, let me flip that, we get to understand a little bit more about what he went through. Especially if you suffer in similar ways that he suffered. What are some ways that Jesus suffered? Obviously dying on a cross, but the lead up of that cross was a horrible backstab and betrayal from a close, close friend that he entrusted with much. The lead up to that was people lying about him and falsely accusing him. The lead up to that was just horrible slander and blasphemy. The lead up to all these things is is suffering that Jesus went through. 
obviously physical pain as well. And so when we experience that type of stuff, if you've ever been uh, spoken evil of or lied about or you felt like a friend that you walk with just stabbed you in the back, what you're doing is you are sharing in Christ's sufferings. And when you're feeling that pain, the, the Lord, I just have this picture even right now, just the Lord Jesus coming to your side, putting his arm around your shoulder and just saying, yes, I understand. And you get to feel what I also felt. It hurts. But in that moment, there is healing. In that moment, there is comfort. In that moment, there is hope because Jesus also said, hey, take heart. I have overcome the world. And he is our victory and our healing when we experience the same types of sufferings or similar types of sufferings that he experienced. Paul says it this way in Philippians. He says, I want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection, but I also want to know the fellowship of his suffering. When we walk through difficult things, it is an invitation from the Lord to experience a new type of intimacy and closeness with him. And there are times where I've experienced difficult things in my life, and the nearness of the Lord in those seasons has been so rich, I wouldn't have traded it. Though I also love the power of his resurrection, and I actually prefer sometimes to see, man, I want to see the power of God. I want to see miracles before my eyes. I want to see healings happen. But if that's all that we ever experience is just the glory and the power of resurrection and the good, we'd be missing out on a whole other side of his nature and his character. That he walks with us in our suffering. He experienced great pain and great loss. So when we suffer, we are sharing in Christ's suffering. Number three, when Jesus comes, you will rejoice. Look at the end of 13. It says you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed, which is referencing when the Lord Jesus comes and his beauty and his glory. And dare I say it this way, if you suffer on this earth, you might even rejoice more <laughs> when he comes. So the measure you have suffered in this life, the more you look forward to his return. The last couple years, uh, for me, there's, there's been some trials, there's been some hardship, there's been some form of suffering that I've walked through. And lately, I've just noticed I've been moved more and more and more in my heart about the return of Jesus. There's just been this awakening in my heart of longing for him to come back. And I'm willing to wait as long as I need to wait. And I hope that we're willing to wait as long as we need to wait. But there, that longing, that tension is actually good. It's actually a gift from God. Because when he comes, the, the cry of his people is not going to be, wait, are you sure right now? The cry of his people is, come, Lord Jesus. We're ready. We want you to come. Because we know that what he's going to do is he's going to rid the world of injustice and suffering and he's going to restore all things. And get this, this is so crazy. In 2 Timothy 4, you can check this later, but Paul says there is a reward, a crown of righteousness for those that long for his appearing. For those that crave it, for those that want him to come, there's this reward that the Lord gives us because what it shows is that we understand more of his character, more of his heart, more of his plan, that it's a good thing for us to long for his return. So when we suffer, it actually produces a greater anticipation and a joyful anticipation and a longing for his coming. And you will and I will all rejoice when he comes. Number four, this is really, really important, especially in our culture, but you need to know and I need to know that when we suffer, we are not alone. Look at your neighbor and say, you are not alone. Please tell him strongly. Look at somebody else and say, you are not alone. Come on. Not alone. Not alone. Listen, I, t I take this from, you'll see it on the screen, chapter 5, verse 9. It talks about 
resisting the devil because he says the, the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood around the world. When we suffer things and when we go through difficult situations, there's a couple common lies the devil throws at us in those moments. Here's uh, one of them. No one else has experienced what I'm experiencing. Another one is no one else cares. And no one else understands. The devil would love to lie to us when we go through difficult seasons in our life because what he's trying to do is to get us isolated. Because when we believe the lie that no one understands, no one is experienced, no one cares, then it can lead us into a place where we, ha- we, we kind of put up all these blockages and we push people out of our life. Here's the truth. You are not alone. There's not a single struggle in this room. I'm sure there's thousands of them in all of our lives and our minds. There's not a single struggle in this room. And I know some of you, it's, you, you think about the main thing that you're wrestling with, you're struggling with. That's really difficult and hard for you. And you feel that deeply. I just want you to know you are not the only one that has walked through that. There are people in this room, even a small room like this, there's people in this room that have walked through the same thing that you've walked through, at least very similar, and have felt the same emotions, the same feelings, the same struggles, the same thoughts that keep coming that you don't want. There are people that have walked through fire in this room. You are not alone. And also, we care. I care deeply about you. I know most of you, but I, I, even if I haven't experienced what you've experienced, I deeply care and love you. And it, this room is filled with people that feel the same way. So what does that mean for us? A practical note is when you're walking through something difficult, Please let people around you know. Because I can't tell you how many times I've shared something that I felt was so hard, but also embarrassing and awkward. I've shared it with a few people, like, hey, I'm struggling with blank. And then almost every time the response is, oh, I understand. Either I struggled with that before, or I'm walking through the same thing right now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm not alone. And it's so relieving to your soul. When you realize that, hey, we're in this together, and we all desperately need Jesus' help. You are not alone. Say it one more. Actually, say it for yourself. Say, I am not alone. I'm not alone. Last but not least, this is a little tricky one, but according to verse 10, it says, After you have suffered a little while, then the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. And so what you need to know about suffering is that it is only a little while. Let me just clarify something. The Lord gets to define what a little while means. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay. You know, microwaves used to not be around. And some of you, like myself, you you, you put that little 30-second timer on that microwave, but you stand there right next to it, and you cancel it right before it gets to zero. Anybody else do that besides me? Like you're not even willing to, yeah, Macy, thank you. You're not even willing to, we are not even willing to wait 30 seconds for food that just took hours to develop, all right? Just 100 years ago. It's hilarious. We live in a culture where we, just the way we define time and duration of things is just so interesting. We, get just, we just get things quick. You know, you used to not have every answer to every question you could possibly think of in your pocket. You used to not have that. You used to have to go to the library and look at those things called encyclopedias, which if you're not even 20, you don't even know what those are, Okay. It's Google. Anyways, that's what encyclopedia is. We live in this t- culture. This is serious because 
what, what has to happen if you're going to receive this last, can you put this list of five up there again? If, you, if you're going to receive the, the strength and the good fruit from this last point of understanding this little, what, what has to happen is the Lord has to kind of dig through all these cultural norms in our hearts and our minds to help us understand that God defines time and durations and he's above it all. And sometimes his timing looks a little bit different. When we are wrestling through and struggling through some form of suffering, the reality is, it is only a little while. Now, here's something that we, that we can't define how long that is. Here's something we can know. It is certainly not forever. I want to say that a couple more times. Though we might not know how long, it is certainly not forever. And when you're walking through something very difficult, especially if it's in the mental, emotional side of things, it feels like there is no end. But according to Scripture, According to the word of God and the beauty and the glory of eternity, we know for sure that it will not last forever. But not only that, oftentimes there are certain seasons of our life that last weeks or months or years even that are just difficult. But the Lord takes us through these seasons on purpose, for a purpose, and he does things in our lives through it. Now just by a show of hands, how many of you have been through a season that was particularly difficult but the Lord brought you out of that season, and you are no longer in that season. Can you just show me real quick and if you have any idea what I'm saying? Okay, awesome. Great. Now, so did you see that? Almost everybody raised their hand. So when we're walking through something difficult, again, the devil would love to lie to us. This is going to be like who you are forever. This is going to be your struggle forever. You'll never get out of this. And listen, everything I just said that came out, that is not the voice of the Lord. He says, I'm with you. You're not alone. This is going to be a little while as you walk through the suffering and turn to me and come to me for your healing and for your comfort, for your deliverance. If you keep asking me to help you, if you keep reaching out to other believers for them to pray for you, encourage you, I will lift this. I will lift this. That's, that's more the voice of the Lord over us. Now I'm going to uh, <laughs> invite the band back up um, as we close out. And I want to close it out with a just, I guess I'll say a testimony, a story of even something I've walked through recently in regards to what feel, felt like suffering for me. Which, let me just ask this question first before I share this story. How many of you guys would say that there's at least uh, one or two moments in the last two and a half years where you didn't feel at your best? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> Our whole entire world and generation went through a traumatic experience in regards to, you know, COVID brought it on, but there's also wars going on. There's also all sorts of tension and relational strife that's going on. And all of us have been touched by it in a sense, affected by it in a sense. And a lot of us haven't been at our best. And I hope that some of you begin to feel the Lord strengthening and restoring and confirming and establishing like that verse says and feels you lifting some of those things off of us. But we might not all feel that. But I wanted to share just... A, an encouragement from you guys, especially in light of that last point of it's only a little while. There is a point in December of this past year while I was trying to make decisions about big things and, and just not feeling at my best after a year and a half, two years of going through different varieties of struggles and trials. Um, many of you remember my leg that was uh, got really messed up um, and just different situations relationally where didn't didn't go well and just even the hardship of just trying to navigate as a leader, leading a group of people, just the season of COVID and all these different opinions. And anyway, so just stress piling up. And I got to the end of December of 2021, and I would, I remember a few entries 
It's a few days leading up to Christmas, a few entries in my journal where I just finally acknowledge before the Lord, like, I am just, I am struggling, God. And not just that, but I, I said phrases to the Lord, like, Lord, I don't, fe- I don't think I've ever felt this low before. And it was, the main manifestation of it was this feeling of anxiety that I would feel physically in my heart. And there's times where I'd, tr- I'd try to do this and work out and exercise, which I already had done, take naps. I'd wake up, and it'd still be so strong. I remember passing Beth one time on after a, a nap, feeling so anxious, and I'm like, I don't know what's about to happen. If I'm about to have a heart attack or what, but I'm going outside to try to do a run. And I am stretching whatever in the driveway and just weeping, talking to God. and say, Lord, lift this, please. I don't understand. I'd never gone through a season where that felt so strongly in my life. And that was... I guess about six months ago now, five and a half months ago now. And in light of that last point, only for a little while, it's been several months since that time, and I for sure have not felt (laughs) the same type of pressure and anxiety that I felt in December, and I'm so thankful. In little by little, week by week, month by month, God's teaching me, God's helping me, God's helping me how to respond to different stresses, anxiety in my life. He's given me a place of victory where this is becoming more and more and more of a testimony of, wow, thank you, God, that even though it was very difficult then and I felt like it wasn't ever going to lift, the Lord lifted it. And I just want to share that on purpose because especially as a leader and as a pastor that you all stare at every Sunday, you can start to think like, no, you know, the people up there, they don't understand my struggles. They don't they don't they don't walk through the same stuff. All he shares is victory stories of how great of a husband and daddy is, <laughs> which I need help there too. Please pray for me. Okay, but we are in this together, guys. We need the Lord's help. We need his grace. And these truths I just share with you guys, they're, they're true. <laughs> and he lifts us out of things, but we just need to learn how to respond well. We go directly to God. We don't blame him for everything, and we don't hide things in us. We go to him, and we go to others. And we receive the help and the grace and the prayer that we need. And he is a God of breakthrough. He is a God of deliverance. He is a God that helps us in our weakest moments and the most difficult suffering and struggles we've ever been through in our life. He's there and he's with us. Amen. And he wants to lift us out of it. So this morning we're going to close a little bit differently. There's going to be two things that we're going to do. One is we're going to pray for folks in this room that feel like they're going through something difficult. When I say the word suffering, you kind of think of like, okay, like martyrdom. No, no, no. What I, what I mean is if you're going through something that feels hard for you, even if you think it's trivial because you can somehow compare it to somebody else, like, oh, it's not that big a deal. If it feels hard for you, if it's difficult for you, then we want to pray for you this morning. We want to minister to you. We want you to know you're not alone. And we as the body of Christ want to get around you and pray for you and help you. Any form of hardship, any form of trial, any form of pain, any form of waiting, any form of loss or disappointment or accusation or relational tension and breakdown, we want to pray for you. So we're going to do that. So if you've got something, I want to encourage you to be bold, to just receive prayer from your brothers and sisters in this room that love you. But then also, we're going to spend some time praying for those outside of this room, mainly in northwest Arkansas, in this region, that are certainly struggling with a variety of things. I'm going to show you a slide earlier about a couple of ways I'm going to focus our prayers for common struggles in this region, and uh, we're going to pray over those, all right? So here's the first thing I want you to do. If you're in this room and you have some form of suffering or hardship or trial or pain or something that you're walking through right now, and you know that you just need help and you need grace, then we want to pray for you. 
And, you know, I could make it real sentimental. We already got music playing. Have you close your eyes? Right. I just want you to be bold because we're not alone. And I just want you to shoot up your hand boldly if you need somebody just to pray for you because you're walking through something difficult. Will you please raise your hand boldly right now? Thank you. Thank you. If it's hard for you, we're, we're here for you. If it's hard for you. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Keep your hand up. Um, if you do not have your hand up right now, if you wouldn't mind putting a hand on the shoulder to somebody next to you. Um, if you're in the front and you can't see people, can you just turn around real quick? We are the, the church, and we want to care for you. This is not a time to kind of pretend like everything's okay. <laughs> so ha- raise your hand up until somebody comes and puts a hand on your shoulder, okay? Put your hand up real high until somebody c- puts a hand on your shoulder. All right, we need one over here for some of these college students over here. Awesome, awesome. You don't need to share what you're going through, but right now, church, let's just pray. Simple prayers. It's God's power that breaks heavy yokes, not our prayers. So let's pray right now for God to demonstrate his power and to help us and to lift things and encourage us and to break off lies of the devil. Right now, start praying, church. Keep praying, guys. If you have a specific prayer that the Lord brings to your mind, just pray that out loud, boldly, over that person. Keep praying, guys. Keep praying. You are not alone. The Lord is with you. He sees you. Lord, all heaviness, I ask that it would lift off of our hearts and our minds. Depression, I pray it would lift in Jesus' name. That you would release hope and life and light into our hearts. We pray that anxiety would cease in Jesus' name. Fear would go in Jesus' name. Those that are hurting, God, I pray for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I pray for the healing that comes from you, Lord. By your stripes, we are healed. Dear Jesus, we gather as your church family, and we are with each other in this. Lord, help. Lord, strengthen. Lord, encourage. Lord, lift off things that are so hard and discouraging. Lord, give endurance for someone walking through something that will be for a little while but seems to last longer. Lord, give them endurance. Give them hope today that they're not alone. Thank you that we're in this room filled with people that raise their hands that I need help. I'm walking through something difficult. Lord, I just pray through the sheer fact that they're not alone that it would encourage them today. There would be a sense this afternoon that they're just having more hope in their souls than they did when they walked in this morning. Every marriage that needs strengthening, God, would you send breakthrough in Jesus' name. Every strained relationship between children and parents, Lord, would you strengthen those relationships and send breakthrough and reconciliation in the name of Jesus. But everyone struggling with anxiety or depressive thoughts or losing hope and purpose in life, God, would you lift the cloud, God, the fog would lift in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We declare that you, God, after we suffer a little while, you, God, yourself, 
will restore, strengthen, confirm, and establish us. Thank you for doing that in our hearts this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Give somebody next to you a hug if you're just praying over them. If you can, reach them, give them a hug. Tell them you love them. Tell them God's with them. He sees them. Let's stand to our feet real quick. Thank you guys for being bold and being honest and sharing that you needed some prayers. Okay, here's how we're going to close. A little bit different. But, you know, it's not just us in this room that need prayers and need help. But there's thousands of people in northwest Arkansas that need our prayers as well. And there's a list of a couple things that will be on the screen of a few categories that we're going to be praying for that I took from this passage in 1 Peter 5. It talks about humbling ourselves before the Lord and casting our anxieties on Him from verse 7. So we're going to pray against anxiety, depression, fear, and worry. And then it talks about, in verse 8, of being sober-minded. And there's probably plenty of people in this room, in this room or in outside of this room that have constant thoughts that are negative, that they're just unwanted. And then the last part, like we had just said, it says that our sufferings are being experienced by people all over the world. And so that feeling of being alone or isolated, which many have struggled with through this COVID season, we're going to pray that the Lord breaks that off in northwest Arkansas. Okay? And if you know people by name that don't live in this region or you do know people that live in this region by name, then we're going to pray for them as well. Here's how we'll do it. Again, this is a church of participation. You'll notice today we did a lot of uh, things that we're doing together. Why don't you turn to uh, maybe three or four people next to you, some folks that you came with. Or if there's nobody else around you, just go find a little group of about three or four people. And we're going to pray for these things. And it can be simple, simple prayers. So don't feel like you need to create a speech. But each of you take one of these topics and just pray for people in northwest Arkansas that they would experience the freedom of King Jesus from these areas. All right? If praying is new for you, especially praying out loud, it's okay. You don't have to pray. But church is a great place to learn how to pray and just say simple phrases to God because he hears us. All right? So go ahead. Turn to your group of about three or four people and take turns praying over these topics. Y'all just decide who's praying first and start praying, church. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. There's nothing that you cannot do, Lord. I thank you right now over this region that you're lifting off the weight of anxiety, depression, fear, and worry. Would you remove that stronghold from this region, God? Would you weaken the grip of the enemy in the name of Jesus? For many that are just struggling with unwanted thoughts, God, I ask that you would break off those chains in Jesus' name, and you would fill minds with your life and with your peace. You said that the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. We ask you to release that over people in this region. And God, for many, God, the hundreds and the thousands that feel alone, that are in their apartments or their homes or their dorms and just feel lonely and feel like no one cares or no one's around them, God, would you break into those rooms and those minds and those hearts and reveal that you are with them, that you see them, and, Father, I ask that we would cross paths with these people that feel alone and they would be pulled out of isolation into your family, into your love. Thank you, God, for listening to our prayers. The prayers of your people are powerful and they are mighty and they are effective. And we thank you that we got to do that this morning. In Jesus' name. Everybody, let's go ahead and stand to our feet. We're going to close it out by just singing just the bridge of this song. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? We're going to sing this out together as we close out this morning. Sing it in faith like you believe it.